Hi, welcome to the Mohua Show. My name is Mohua Chinappa and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle but done and spoken imandari se. Hi, we have Rosie Sethia today with us. Rosie is an AML professional with 16 years of comprehensive experience in financial services. She's a certified anti-money laundering specialist. She is an ICA CAM certified in regulatory and compliance and certified cryptocurrency investigator having experience in handling various compliance processes. She's a single mother with two adorable twins and she is a woman who's there in the anti-money laundering space. Welcome Rosie in today's episode. Thank you so much Mahua. It's my pleasure to be on your show today. Rosie, you said you started work when you were 16. Do you really think you missed out on being the carefree young girl? Yes, absolutely. There were many times, you know, my friends used to bunk for a movie and I know I can't afford it. And there were many times, you know, you want to buy your favorite stilettos or you want to buy that dress and even you want to just freak out. And I used to uh, stay focused because I have to study. and i know how i was managing my fee uh, when i was in first year of my college and then i there was some plan which used to be on my mind always that how to come out of the misery i was going through so yes i missed a lot and nowadays i think when i look back i feel whatever happened was important or now i cherish those things right so now buying the stilettos give me happiness probably even at the 16 i could not get that you spoke about your parents they had split and the spillover in your growing up years into understanding yourself your self confidence in your relationship with your mother did it affect you yes it did uh, and i think i was always there for my mother i was always a pillar for her i was very young but you know your situation sometimes make you feel more mature so i was there to soak anything and everything she was going I was the one who used to fight for her socially because uh, we have been conditioned that if something happened in a marriage a woman is always the one will be blamed so I was that shield for her at that time and I used to always say that you know you're doing great it's all right we'll we'll, we'll sail it through and I decided at very young age that I want to be financially independent and that's the best way I'll be able to raise that bar and I'll be able to help her to come out of that uh you know the society norms so you know is there any truth that mothers can create many gender biases in little girls especially you know if you're started at the age of 16 and you spoke about conditioning which i think many of our listeners can relate to because i think our mothers also teach us a lot of stuff including me i mean she always told me that uh, you know you should not be seen on a boy's bike even so you know that whole gender differentiation it is for girls like us who grew in the 70s and the 80s you know we came with huge biases so did you think any of the bias of her split had spilled over into your life yes i'll not blame her because she has lived in that society always and i'm from delhi uh from a punjabi family where in you know you it has been assumed that been open minded doing things the way you want to but it was not in my case so my uh, father was always been overprotective about me or was particular that i had very do's and don'ts and my mom never allowed me to cross those do's and don'ts even probably i'm not sure if she wanted to but i have seen that my brother who was younger to me always getting those things which i want i was always 
I never get those privileges with with which my brother always used to get. He always get that priority, that extra love, that extra affection. And I was told to girls are not supposed to be vocal about things. You can't be loud. Talk softly. You're not supposed to talk to everybody. You have to think through before you talk. You have to dress in a certain manner. It's not because you are looking good or you're not looking good. It's all because what others are gonna talk about. And especially when my father moved out, then there was unsaid, unwritten pressure. Probably it was on my mother. And I always used to, you know, being asked not to dress in a certain way because what others will think. Log kya kahenge? Don't be late. What people will think about you? And what people will think about me? How I'm raising you? Wherein I was always a well-disciplined and a girl who always followed the good things, always being a good, good girl. So, ye log kya kahenge? Wali jo baat hai, you know, Rosie, mujhe ye puchna hai aapse that ham sab is cheez ko sun sun ke hamare kaan pak gaye, you know? How did you find the courage to walk out of your own marriage? It was not easy. Okay, when I was it was not planned that I'm stepping out. It's it was just very random. Though I was sure that I want to step out of that marriage, so there were few friends. They were like, "Why are you going away? It's okay. Things can be worked out. It's all right." So I was sure that you know that's something not meant for me. Something I am not the one who's gonna accept anything and everything on the face value, and maybe because. 16-17 years of my life, I have seen domestic violence at home. I have seen my mother suppressing her feeling. So I always used to say, say this to mom, I'm not going to adjust. So somewhere when I was adjusting, something came like very, very, it just struck in my head that I'm also doing the same which my mom did. My mom was not educated enough. She was not independent. She was never supported. But you are well educated, you're doing well for yourself and you're doing really well in your career. What's stopping you, right? So that thing, that lokya kenge, the rebel inside me just came out. So, you know, you also chose a very, very different sort of a career, you know, financial crime, right? And uh, so, you know, there are a lot of people uh, right now who are our listeners. In fact, I was really taken aback when I heard about the specialization that you have. Would you tell our listeners a little bit about what does it take to be one? What does the job involve? And what does AML stand for? Well, I was growing up, I was always fascinated with superheroes. And I always wanted to be a Wonder Woman. And some fascination was there. So... When I grow up, you realize that, you know, uh, superheroes doesn't exist in real, but they, they are like people like us. So I uh, realize that knowledge is the power. And with the knowledge, you can be a superhero. So this journey for anti-money laundering, AML for started with uh, when I got the opportunity to work for one of the big four. I was not aware what it is and what I'm getting into. And then I realized that, you know, the work which we were doing was not the same mundane work every day, not not just the, you are reviewing the same profiles again. So I identify that, you know, uh, this domain is very empowering. This domain wherein you have a power to maybe uh, identify a transaction, though it's like finding a needle in the haystack, can help someone or can give clue to the financial intelligence unit about something which is about to happen or has happened and terrorist financing which has grown in in last two 
two decades, it has been uh, a huge impact on society. So with this, I realize that there's a power and these transactions which we are reviewing or the KYC profiles we were going through or a screening holds a power that you can find that needle, highlight it at the right time and which you can, with this means, you can save the world from maybe another terrorist attack or someone doing a tax aviation for that matter. What does it take to study this? So there is no special education for the beginners. I would not recommend any certification. So if you are a commerce graduate, if you are a law graduate, non-litigation, if you want to pursue, we have done the MBA. Or even if you're just simple graduate, you can get into this domain uh, very easily. If you have a good communication skills and written skills, that's must. If you have uh, not to learn something new every day, for a person like me, I am someone who is very curious one and wants to learn something new every day. And if you can't make me do a mundane job every day, so that's a profile for you. Your good comm skills will take you in this domain. I think good communication skills takes everybody in every domain forward. Nowadays, yes. 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 Since time immemorial, it's just this that probably people are talking a lot more about it now. So as an anti-money laundering specialist, that's what AML stands for. Any interesting cases that you wish to discuss, the ones that were very hard to crack and you did it anyway? It's new every day. There were uh, times when, you know, there are cases where we are very, very difficult. And uh, I would like to talk about something which is over and above this. So I was working as a team lead with one of the organizations and I realized that, you know, the domain is so powerful and, you know, the people, the staff we were hiring and the training was not, they were not trained enough to handle those transactions. And they were just simply processing those cases. Like you're looking into an individual account, you're looking into their social media profile to understand, for example, somebody has mentioned that the person is doctor and these are the source of fund and that's his source of income. So when we did a, a analysis, we identified that uh, his social media profile doesn't talk about it. His qualification was not matching as per the doctor. And the entire setup where he was stating that he, he runs his clinic was in an industrial area, which doesn't, you know, sounds right. However, that team member simply could not understand what was happening because the person was not trained enough, not skilled enough. And I highlighted this to management that there is a need for people to be trained. Then they said, you know, why don't you pick it up, right? So I worked on creating those uh, those PowerPoints and I ensured that every time someone was entering into the team, they go through a detailed training. And this is where I think I picked it up. And I realized that this is something I feel more empowered doing, training people on educating them that what they are doing is different and how much I, detail for I, you know, I for detail is required uh, for doing this work. And I used to make them feel empowered during the training and throughout make them understand that even if there's one day, it's not your good day, it's fine. Don't, don't rush to work. Uh, don't, don't, don't do 10 cases if you can't that day. Maybe do two cases, but make sure your quality will take a priority over any metric, right? It's the work we do is very metric driven as well. And yeah, there's a turnaround time you have to meet and sometimes you have a pressure. Um, 
to move those cases but at the same time the transactions we were working on we were supposed to report it to the financial intelligence unit of australia which is austrac we ensure that we are meeting the timeline at the same time you know there's an eye for detail india is rated overall as moderate in high risk scoring which is 26 out of 100 for financial crimes and money laundering according to a global survey so what's your comment on this by transparency international it's an organization which rolls out the survey every year and it's called the TICPI scores based on the corruption and your corruption is also interlinked with your money laundering activities because the strong the country is strong the principles rules the regulator is the regulatory body guides the bank and overall impacts the ml uh, principles and policy across uh, the region so india is you know uh, rated 26 because still there's so much we need to work upon i was talking to someone the other day and this girl works with a bank and she works with the uh, you know the front office and she is part of the compliance team and she was working on the india regime so she talked to me that you know we are understaffed and this area okay is cost driven so we don't generate revenue so we never grab the attention until unless there is some breach happen for the bank or for a country right so we never get that attention so she was on the, the entire team was understaffed and she has to rush through the work wherein she herself was stating that you know the the work i completed i should have filed a suspicious activity report wherein i could not pay that attention and i have to pass that case and later on it comes out to be a, a money laundering case and it was all over in the newspaper so i think uh, we really need to evolve ourselves we really need to pay attention to this domain need to think through the compliance lens every time the new bank are you know going ahead with any new products or services or on the country level we need to have more strict regime we the corruption is also interrelated i have uh, mentioned the more stronger the country's uh, corruption perception index is the more strong the aml regime would be so it flows from top to bottom and the moment your upper layer is fixed and intact that uh, you cannot uh, circumvent the system your kyc is very strong if you don't have these document we are not opening your account wherein we still go ahead and would create an exception right so eventually you land up into a weak situation and at the end this money laundering terrorist financing this would take a toll right because you're not paying attention to that absolutely um you know also coming back to some really crazy money laundering things that have really caught the limelight you know in india one was harshad mehta of course we have vijay malya and nirav modi you know so they've committed the biggest scams um, and they fled india okay Uh, Vijay Mallya tweeted saying, and the tweet gained a lot of popularity. It said that I have made repeated offers to pay hundred percent of the amount borrowed by KFA to the banks. So neither are the banks willing to take the money, and neither is the ED willing to release their attachment, which they did at the behest of the banks. What do you feel about it? Because I mean, you're in this business of money laundering, and uh, sometimes uh, we are caught with the system, and we don't know how to go about it. so when this and our incidents these are you know the very common case studies when when we deliver the training these are part of our uh, you know our training agenda these are the case examples we quote while training people so the entire thing is about the bank people were also involved the of course high above authorities were also involved and again the tcps scores i was talking about the corruption perception index if you remove the corruption from the system 
if you now imagine you are trying to bribe the bank manager or you know the way above the of the people who are leading those bank head of those banks if they refuse to take a bribe do you think we'll be able to circumvent the system if they were a foot down you know you this is a non secure loan and you've already not meeting the criteria or we need to have certain uh, more stronger agreements in place this would have not happened or would have stopped to to a certain extent so yes this there were people who were involved so if you remove the corruption from the system to a certain extent will be able to control these activities a lot and we continue to criticize our government for not utilizing our tax money wisely so if you look at the bigger picture and if you do a deep dive into finances and how money has been utilized so all these scams a big portion of the money has gone in paying the debts these guys have the damage they have done to the economy because everything was these banks were backed up by the RBI and then of course RBI has to fit into the shoe and fill those fulfill those gap and how they are going to make it of course it's a taxpayer money which would have spent on the development of the country making the infrastructure more strong you know education system or or overall the development of the economy have gone to clearing the debt of these scams so have you ever felt marginalized as a woman in this industry not exactly but yes i think i'm blessed that i've been working with the organizations wherein there is a always a fair chance however sometimes you do feel people judge you in terms of will she be able like being a single mother and then will she be able to do this much work and sometimes i feel like that i put in extra effort to prove my mettle wherein i don't have to right i have to work extra mile to prove my potential and sometimes no matter how much you do people will look at you and say that okay because there is you know diversity right or you know she people feel like sometimes you know being a woman we do get an undue advantage wherein i have to put extra effort to tell them no i deserve it i am worth it and i worked extra hours as compared to anyone else because i have to prove something so my question is what am i proving to whom am i proving and why do i have to prove right is the work and just be fair and just give a fair opportunity you know when you have cases that come up to you is it mainly men who come in to complain for these sort of crimes or is it women it's not again the percentage is higher for the men and again because they are in the power we are still timid to come out of our shell and we are not ceos we are not at those higher position we are still not sure so committing a crime would be i would be happy uh, doing it that you know wow it's it's a female profile and she has done something i might still say wow right but no yes more of the males because they are already in power they have that power to manipulate the system do get into such activities so the percentage is very low i think one question that really gets me going is this that what would rosie do differently and what would rosie tell herself at 16 be bindas don't think too much and the one best advice i would give it to myself that don't roam in in the loop of the society i think somewhere i also follow that same loop of getting married having kids having that perfect life uh you know 25 get married by 25 by 28 you should have kids by that time you should have a car you should have a house no 
everyone is following their own time zone their own time cycle one don't rush and just be easy make your own timeline whatever suits you right so that's the best advice don't no one there is no tick mark everyone has to follow i think i also followed being so rebel being so outspoken being so strong but i think i followed that tick mark activity too never dim your shine just because it hurting others eyes right sun never shy away to shine right so why why do you shy away for shining because it's in you never dim your light just to please others so before we end like we said log kya kahenge us baat ka bilkul mat dhyan dijiye and the quote that says i have a limited amount of time left on this planet i'm not gonna spend it being a watered down version of myself just so that people can like me and listen to this podcast and hear somebody as amazing as rosie talk about financial laundering and what it takes to be one and also a single mother with two children and a special child she is a woman of courage thank you so much thank you do you our dearest listeners you can find us on your favorite streaming services spotify amazon music apple podcast and of course on all other major streaming services with loads of love we are the mohua show where we talk imandari se